You're live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We've got a, a great program. We're all about technology, and we are Canada's number one tech radio program. In today's show, we will be chatting uh, with the folks over at uh, the TELUS Friendly Future Foundation. Uh, we've uh, got a, a new contest uh, launching, and uh, your chance to win a, a cool Samsung smartphone and uh, some money to give to your favorite charity uh, as well. Uh, we'll uh, be looking uh, into some new cool tech from Amazon Web Services and the MLSE, Maple Leaf Sports, over in Toronto. I got a chance to check out some new, really cool virtual reality games where they've actually filmed a game and you can put on a headset and re-watch the players play it like all around you. Uh, we'll be chatting with the folks there on how they made that all uh, happen. And of course, what's a show now without talking about the latest uh, artificial intelligence advances, especially with chat GPT. That language tool is now passing medical and legal exams. It's it's that smart. We'll uh, tell you about that and uh, some more updates uh, as well. But let's get into some of the tech news, uh, John. Uh, every week now, more layoffs in the tech sector. And I think Microsoft, they just laid off 10,000 people. Yeah, and a lot of different areas of the company as well. Equates to, I think, about 5% of their workforce. Uh, the layoffs have already started, and I think they're going to continue into what uh, they bill as their uh, third quarter. But what was interesting, John, and this was a story that was hitting the internet, uh, you know, laying off 10,000 people, and they just hosted a, uh, a Sting concert uh, for a bunch of executives uh, over in, uh, in Switzerland. Yeah, that's not a good look. <laughs> I think the headline is like, "Ow, oh, that stings." <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder how many people they could have saved that they had to pay sting. Yeah, really, right? Yeah. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting year. Like all the tech giants are doing it or have done it already. Amazon, Facebook, Google. Uh, and again, now uh, Microsoft, I think uh, Spotify even laid off 6% of their workforce. There are a lot of people uh, out of work in the tech sector. It was interesting though, in the Microsoft layoffs, a lot of their layoffs were in sort of their VR, AR space and uh, like Altspace VR, basically they, they shut that down, which was a very popular meta space uh, to use uh, for shared experiences in the metaverse. And it kind of sounds like in a lot of ways that Microsoft's sort of reevaluating what they're going to be spending their resources on in the metaverse. I wonder if that's going, John, with all the uh, advancements happening in artificial intelligence, I wonder if these companies are going to be pouring more of their resources into that sector compared to like well, AR, VR. Definitely. Microsoft, again, the same week committed $10 billion to OpenAI for chat GPT integration into the office suite, among other things. $10 billion. That is like amazing. And I know Google, Google is freaked out about chat GPT and pouring resources into their artificial intelligence. Uh, I think for the first time, John, I, I see AI and especially things like chat GPT as a threat to Google's business. Absolutely. Like I, I thought, who could ever take Google on? Like from a search perspective, and I, I can see that now. Like it could happen in the space of a few years now. I, it could be even a few months. 
I mean, once ChatGPT gets access to the internet and we get the latest version, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but um, yeah, it's going to be transformational. We're going to have to take a break now. When we come back, watching your favorite basketball or hockey game with your VR goggles after it's happened and being able to see it in 3D, we'll tell you how the, uh, the Maple Leaf Sports Organization is making it happen with Amazon Web Services. Back after this. You are back with the program. Mike Agarbo here. Uh, had a chance to check out some really cool technology uh, while I was in Toronto. Uh, it incorporates uh, sensors, cameras, uh, the MLSE, who uh, have uh, the Toronto Raptors, the Maple Leafs, the Argos, well, everything Toronto, really. Uh, they are incorporating sensors uh, into uh, the gameplay to take the gameplay to another level to get all sorts of data. We've uh, got Christian Magsisi on the line from MLSC. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mike. Always good to, to chat with you about sports and technology. So you guys have partnered uh, with Amazon Web Services. Uh, and so the first thing I got to see was uh, what you're doing with the, uh, the Raptors. Uh, essentially, you're able to actually... I guess, uh, capture, film the players uh, in action and then kind of relive that uh, through augmented uh, reality with a program called Sports X. Can you uh, uh, give our listeners kind of a rundown of how that all works? Yeah, so so Sports X uh, is what we launched this week with, with uh, Amazon AWS. It's our R&D program. And uh, you can go to sportsx.io to see all the information, see all the projects. But um, what it is, it allows us to connect with fans, researchers, other corporations that are doing R&D and, and sports technology so we can try out some of the things that you saw, for example, on the Raptors practice court where we use optical tracking data. Uh, so this is the tracking of not just the players and the ball anymore. So that's that's been a trend in sports, but we're also tracking joints and limbs. Um, and with that, that that tracking of joints and limbs, we can actually recreate the entire game. Um, and uh, by recreating it, we, we can put it in things like virtual reality, which you saw that evening. So imagine being able to take a historic game, maybe it has a as a significant relevance to you, or uh, you 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 are a fan of something that was in the archives. We could actually recreate that now, um, and then put you completely immersed in that environment um, with hardware that's coming out in the mixed reality space. But whether it's it's a augmented reality, which is a combination of what you see with your own eyes plus an overlay or virtual ra- reality, which is completely immersive. So I'm just trying to paint the picture here for the uh, the, the listeners. Uh, I was on uh, the Raptors. Uh, I, they have a practice court. I didn't know that they have that in, uh, uh, in the Scotia uh, arena there, uh, like a full basketball court. And I put on these glasses and the, there was a basketball game playing. And I could actually walk around the court and watch these players kind of in a virtual reality actually play out the game, shoot shoot baskets, walk around them. It, it was kind of something like out of Blade Runner. It was like totally cool. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's exactly the experience that we want we wanted people to have because, uh, for example, for fans, um, you know, you you imagine uh, wanting to be at a at a significant event uh, in sporting history, and with the data that we're providing now, we're provided now, we can actually put that in virtual reality, put it on a practice court like you did, Mike, and um, have you walk around. You, you look a little bit silly because obviously you're the only <laughs> one seeing all the players running around you, but yeah. there's an actual there's an actual basketball game that was happening on that practice court 
that only you could see because you're the ones with with the headset. So the possibilities of that is endless. You know, from a fan experience, uh, uh, people talk about wanting to sit courtside or or you know behind the bench. Um, now you can actually quite literally walk onto the court um, and and be there as that shot went up or that defensive stop happened. It's uh, it's really incredible the possibilities. So you're saying you can you can do this with previous games that have happened. Yeah, so um, we want to we want to be able to take all of the games that we're playing now, use the same optical tracking data, and for fans in the future, they'll be able to go back to the game that happened last night, for for example, um, so that they can relive it or or maybe break it down. Um, maybe maybe they're a, a, an armchair GM and they want to break down that play, and you know you know there's a person that was open in the corner and they they want to really see it. And it's one thing to to analyze a game kind of on a tabletop or, or or with X's and O's on a on a whiteboard, but it's a whole other thing to actually be there uh and see, you know, why didn't that per- person make that that extra pass or, you know, why did that shot hit front rim? So the, all of these things are, are possible with us now. How how long do you think before fans could get access to this type of technology? We are well, we talking it, it, are we talking years? Well, so if, if you go if you're a fan, for example, um you can go to sportsx.io now, sign up join the join the website the join the collective and we actually want to get this in the hands of fans sooner than later uh so we're we're opening it up and, and part of the reason why we created the program is to get feedback from fans we're we're in some ways a bit too close to the game you know being here and actually the ones doing all this this work but the fans are really the ones that are going to allow us to give us their perspective on what they want to see uh, maybe there's a nuance to the the programming that we we haven't figured out yet. So that feedback is going to allow us to get that product into a state that we could make it available to the general public. Um, the, just some background: the, the 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 two experiences that you saw for basketball and hockey, both of those projects started in July, uh, and uh, wow. you, you you saw them you saw that in real time happen. And in January, we had our our prototype ready for people to see. So it's not inconceivable. That within a within a, a a basketball hockey season, we could start a, a sports X project and then have it launch to the public within that same year. Um, we're really hopeful that some of the projects that you saw this year will will launch to the general public next season. So, this is done all with cameras, I guess, inside uh, the uh, the arena. Like, how many cameras are we talking? Oh, so in, in the in the in the practice court um, and in the arena, obviously there's different different sizes. But in the practice court, you're talking over 20 cameras. Wow. Uh, inside of Scotiabank Arena, you're you're upwards of 35 to 36. Uh, it's just the pe- dimensions of the actual building itself. Are there other teams doing this as well? Yeah. So you know the 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 NBA, the NHL, MLS, everybody's looking at the same same level of technology. I can't say though that any I've heard about any other team looking at in the way that we are. I you know in, in particularly letting fans and and scientists and engineers and other corporations take a look at what we're doing this early in the stage and you know we don't feel like we have this all figured out either. We want we actually want help, which is why we launched this program for people to go in and 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 give us their feedback and and it could really be anybody. It could be a you could be an arch armchair GM fan or a, a large corporation, as you can see with AWS. Uh, they decided to take the plunge with us, and really grateful for their support. So, uh, you know, obviously, it, it takes a lot of people to put this together. Uh, obviously, you've got your team. Uh, so, what what is Amazon bringing to the table with the web services? 
Yeah. So the the uh, the experience is is only actually made possible because of AWS technology. So the the hockey experience that you saw in the suite, which is similar to basketball, but we had the fortunate we were fortunate enough to have a hockey game happening that night. Um, so we were able to actually put augmented reality glasses on people, and you could see the stats being displayed in augmented reality over the players in the suite in real time. Um, so that may seem all simple and a bit magical for it to happen, but it takes a lot of technology for that to happen. And, and the biggest challenge for us is latency. So on, in hockey, I think hockey has a really, really big uh, opportunity to take advantage of things like tracking data because they actually have sensors built into the puck and the player so that the puck was actually remanufactured over the last few years so that we could put a sensor inside the puck and the players themselves actually wear sensors on the ice. Um, that still provides latency because now that 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 data needs to travel from the ice into servers on our catwalk, li- quite literally on the, the roof of the building, then over the internet, then you know, processed in real time <laughs> over AWS's cloud technology, and then back down to you uh, in the suite. Uh, which is which is no small engineering feat, and no. AWS is an, an incredible technology that reduces the latency called AWS Outpost, and allows us to process all that data uh, in, in milliseconds. Um, you you before you count all of the all of what I just said would happen, and then come back down to your device on Earth. So that yeah, so the basketball thing like blew my mind, and then we got to watch the hockey game. And you had like, a, it was almost like a, a giant coffee table, uh, you know, had a big screen on it. And like you were saying, the players have sensors on them, the puck has a sensor. And so on this table, uh, it was like a representation of uh, the actual uh, arena ice there. And you could see all the players kind of skating uh, around, you know, their little icons. And you could watch the game in, in real time happen there as well. But what was interesting uh, is that you could also do a heat map of each player. So you could select a player and it would show you all the areas that they were skating uh, on on the ice uh, as well. And it was kind of, it was cool because some of the players, they're all over the ice. And then there's some that are just like maybe on the right side or on, on the left side or, or more on the, you know, the, the defensive side. So incredible amounts of data and kind of made the the game uh you know even more fun to to watch because you you could have the real game going and have all this data on the on the table as well you you are uh exhibiting exactly what you know us and the league were were hoping people would think about that data when we started to put these sensors on the players and on the puck because hockey is such a complex game uh, the the unfortunate part, fortunate and unfortunate, is it's so fast. Yeah, and yeah. you you don't you don't get to experience or even appreciate what a hockey player goes through. So, you know, most people don't know that hockey players are skating somewhere between ten to twelve kilometers, or uh, um, uh, twelve to t- ten to twelve k within uh, a hockey game, uh, or average speed is you know forty to fifty miles per hour. Wow. These are these are things that are only being able to be shown to fans and to to broadcasters and to your homes now. So when you see somebody um, in a hit, for example, you know that one player is coming in at 40 miles per hour and another player is coming in at 52 miles per hour. Um, you can imagine what that's like on a as a car accident, yeah. for example. And uh, it, it's it's uh, that data has been available to us over the last couple of years, thanks to the the help of the league and 
we're, we're able to start to play around with things like the thing, the, the tabletop that you saw in the suite there. And uh, for, for people in the suite, they, they get to see the game in a completely different way. And when you think of, when we think about our next generation of fans also, um, this is really what they're looking for, right? You know, it, it may not be the, the typical hockey stat, the, the plus minus or the goals against average that people are used to. We want to be able to advance the game, you know, talk about it in a different way. And I think baseball has done a great job this year. You know, people are talking about launch angles and exit velocities and sounding a little bit like scientists too, but um, you wouldn't be talking about that in baseball 10 years ago. So hockey has a really big opportunity. We're super excited about it. Um, you know, grateful for the league for for helping us with this technology as well. And then uh, obviously with AWS, uh, giving us the opportunity to create those tables and, and as well as those augmented reality glasses. We're talking with Christian Maxisi from uh, Maple Leafs uh, Sports. Uh, they're the folks behind uh, the great teams uh, like the Raptors, uh, also the Toronto Maple Leafs, about the new Sports X technology. Uh, Christian, where can people find out more information? Uh, please go to sportsx.io, and uh, on the website, you're going to find out um, you know, why we created the program with AWS. Uh, it'll show you some of the projects that we have um, currently in flight today, and continue to go back to the website because we'll continue to update it with projects that are being launched. And then uh, most importantly, we want people's help. So if you're a fan and you want to try some of this technology out that Mike got to try the other night, uh, sign up to the website and we'll make sure you get early access. And if you're a researcher or an applied sciences or a data scientist or software engineer, put your name there as well. We're looking for help um, to, to solve some of these bigger problems as well as as businesses, you're maybe, you might be a startup, you might be a multinational corporation that is interested in these these things. We need everybody's help because uh, we really want to make sure that Toronto and in Canada is known for you know sports intelligence, sports R and D. Um, Toronto tech is really having a moment too, and I think sports can really help that that tech community grow as well. Thanks for joining us today. Appreciate it, Mike. Always a good time. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected, Mike and John here. ChatGPT, it just gets better and better. Uh, it's now passing medical and and legal exams, John. Does that blow your mind? Yeah, I mean, we we <laughs> people are using uh, ChatGPT to sort of test things, uh, everything you can imagine. And one of those things, uh, a lot of schools are actually giving chat dbt their exams and it's interesting to know because when we've talked a lot about ai and chat dbt specifically and how you know it's really fantastic but it's also not a hundred percent accurate or it's not a hundred percent amazing because it likes to make up stuff yeah if it based yeah. on its limited information because it's not connected to the internet and it's using data sets from 2021 but they've been Giving it medical exams, business degree exams, uh, the the Wharton Business School MBA exam, uh, ChatGPT got a B. <laughs> I mean, that's probably better than I would do. Y yeah, I mean, for not having gone to school. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but John, isn't that kind of freaky? Like it. Yeah, it is and it isn't. It's like asking Google to take a test, though. Too, if you have those resources at your fingertips with a, you know, photographic memory, yeah, it kind of does make sense. Apparently, though, in some of these exams where they they have to sort of explain or show their work, 
uh, it didn't do as well uh, as as a human would have done because it doesn't have that creative thought process that it can, you know, improvise and and change things a little bit. Uh, but as we've seen, it can be pretty creative when it wants to be. Apparently, it's good at writing malware as well. Viruses. <laughs> yeah. Again, because a lot of things you can do with this is have it write code and people have been getting it to write malware and, you know, it's probably very efficient code uh, for that purpose. It's funny, uh, you and I, um, we went uh, across the border down into a little town uh, south of uh, Vancouver called Ferndale and we went to this uh, this cool brew pub and while we were there having a, a few brewskis, uh, we, we asked ChatGPT to come up with some craft beer names uh, for this craft brewery because we were laughing because it's, it was kind of a cool brewery but it's in like a strip mall and yeah. so I asked it to come up with names for craft beers for a, a brewery that is in a strip mall and it was pretty good I think my favorite one was parking lot Pilsner <laughs> yes <laughs> it's genius it's it, genius if nothing else it's a good starting point for a lot of people but you know having this transformational technology at your fingertips, it's only going to get better. And we're, we're seeing these really creative and innovative uses that people are using it for all the time. I, I have to let you in on a secret too, John. Uh, you know, my other side of my business is a, a creative agency and we had to come up with some names for a, a marketing campaign for one of our clients. And so we came up with a bunch of names, we brainstormed, and then we used ChatGPT and threw some yeah. of those in there they chose the chat GPT one. Again, it's it, it just gives you a starting point of creativity and uh, just more options than maybe is even physically possible to come up with in the limited amount of time you might have. Yeah. But it's an excellent tool for that, John. Like, would I would I get rid of all my writers? No, no not, not by a long shot, because you still have to know what to input into it, right? To get well, what yeah, you need. Yeah, and that's... That's the transformational thing is we're going to start probably seeing classes on how to write prompts for AI. Yeah. Because that's going to become a professional sport. It It is. It was interesting. I, I, got, I asked it to write me an essay on the founding of Canada and with a bibliography, like citing its sources. Yeah. I think it was like a 2000 word essay. It punched that out in 10 seconds and they gave yeah. me all the, all the sources that it got the information from. It'd be interesting to know how how accurate that was because you probably didn't read the all two thousand words. No, I read a bit of it. I, I'm a Canadian history buff. It was pretty good, <laughs> you know. Um, it's it's freaking me out. I you know again we're going to carry on this conversation in future shows as well. I I think I'd like to get uh, someone from uh, the education side just to talk about the ramifications of this tool in schools. Like, yeah, how are they going to deal with? It? I don't even, I don't even know how they 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 will. Well, right I mean? now, they're just they're just trying to block it. They're just hanging on. Yeah, we're gonna have to take a break. When we come back, a little more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarboy here with John Beeler. Got a cool guest on the line, John. We've had her on before. Uh, her name is Shannon Spencer Brown. She's with the Telus Friendly Future Foundation. And the one thing I do love about Telus. Uh, is that they're really huge into giving back to the community. They spend millions of dollars investing back into charities and 
just communities across Canada. Uh, Shannon, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Tell our listeners uh, in a nutshell what the TELUS uh, Friendly Future Foundation does again and, and, and who you guys help. Absolutely. So TELUS Friendly Future Foundation was established in 2018 with the support and generosity of people across Canada and in particular our, our founding partners, including TELUS. And what we do is we fund health and education programs, many enabled by technology, offered by registered charities here in Canada that help youth reach their full potential. And that is our core purpose. We want to make the future friendlier for youth here in Canada and give them opportunities to reach their full potential. So, uh, Shannon, TELUS obviously puts uh, a tremendous amount of money into this. Uh, Can people also donate to the, the charity as well? Yes, indeed. In fact, we invite Canadians to to join us, to to donate, to support us. It takes all of us coming together to really make a difference for for children and youth here in Canada. So, people that are interested in the work we do, we're doing to support local children's charities can certainly make a donation on our website, which is friendlyfuture.com. And every year, tell us Friendly Future Foundation provides two million youth from underserved communities across Canada with access to the resources they need to learn, be creative, make connections, which is perfect uh, with with Get Connected, um, and stay healthy. And through these programs, youth are given opportunities to reach their full potential and really succeed in all areas of their life. Can can you give us some examples uh, of what those programs look like? Sure. And I think, you know, the key thing to keep in mind is, you know, we have this ongoing issue related to the pandemic. We have an ever-changing and challenging environment for youth. And those who need our help the most are often at risk of being left behind. And that's why we're committed to supporting local charities across Canada that reach the children and youth in their communities who have that that need uh, for some support to, to reach their full potential. So we support grassroots charitable initiatives uh, with grants of up to $20,000 uh, through our 13 TELUS community boards across Canada. And these community boards are made up of local leaders who know their communities best. So they know the kinds of programs that charities are offering to really make a difference for youth who may need support around their mental health, uh, youth who might need access to support like mentoring or peer support, kids who need help to achieve their best in school, um, a whole array of needs that that kids are, are find that kids find themselves in. We also support larger grants, which I'm really excited. I'll give you a couple of examples. Our innovation grant stream is for Canadian registered charities that have breakthrough ideas in youth mental health or environmental education or climate action. So these are charities that are testing out new ideas. They have moonshot or cutting edge ideas that they want to explore. And our foundation is uniquely positioned to be able to provide them with grants in order to do so. For example, I'm really excited about uh, a grant that we funded this year. It's with a uh, two organizations doing similar work. Uh, one is called Holland Bloorview Kids Rehabilitation Hospital in Toronto. They've pioneered the development of what's called pediatric brain computer interface technology. So it's a communication pathway that helps children with severe speech or motor impairments connect to the world around them. 
what it does. It's um, really cool technology. It's non-invasive. It's a, uh, a technology that utilizes brain signals and turns them into commands using a computerized headset. So Holland Blurview Kids Rehab Hospital, it's called the Brain Computer Interface. Uh, we provided funding for them to basically take their really interesting technology out of a research lab into the community. And what it does is it unlocks opportunities for youth with disabilities to feel more connected through play and communication. Um, a real life example of that is the second partner involved with the BCI or the Brain Computer Interface. Um, it's a partner that we've supported called the Glen Rose Rehabilitation Hospital in Edmonton. In Edmonton, there's hundreds of children and youth that are living with severe neurological disorders and they have complex communication needs. Like a young girl named Olivia, um, Olivia is living with Rett syndrome, which is a, a genetic condition where children progressively lose the ability to speak, and they lose movement, they lose coordination of their body. And with funding from TELUS Friendly Future Foundation, um, the TELUS Edmonton Community Board provided a grant to Glen Rose Rehab Hospital uh, Foundation in Edmonton to support this specialized BCI device lending library so that young people living with severe neurological disabilities like Olivia can receive access and support to this technology. So Olivia is using this brain computer interface technology to learn how to control her wheelchair and to push and pull objects and play independently with her sister and her pet dog. She's literally using the power of her mind through brain computer interface to interact with the world. Isn't that cool? And we're thrilled to be able to see uh, yeah, I mean, really innovative technology. I'm Yeah, it's kind of blowing me away. Like, could I wear one of these and get John to go get me a sandwich? Does that <laughs> does that work? No, but I just, that I love hearing about those types of stories and the fact that she could use that that device to actually control her mobility device, her, her wheelchair, is just literally mind-blowing. And, and you're saying it's non-invasive technology. It's just something they wear on their head. Exactly. It's non-invasive. It's accessible. Um, and it we're works. really excited. To, and, and it works. And in fact, uh, there are multiple use cases, obviously, for this kind of technology. But one, one really simple example that we saw demonstrated was um, a youth, again, with a speech impairment who, who wouldn't be able to communicate using the brain-computer interface technology to play a video game with a friend, right? Like just that the human connection that can be enabled by this technology is is really inspiring. And that's just, just one example. Last year, we granted over 500 grants to charities across the country, 548 to be exact, um, with over $10 million in funding. And that that's one example. Another example I'd, I'd love to give you, Mike and John, is uh, how youth are being enabled to protect the environment and, and steward the environment. And we know how critical uh, Canada's lakes you know, Canada's water, Canada's lakes are near and dear to many people's hearts. But unfortunately, a lot of these lakes are being threatened by climate change, right? With Canada's lakes warming twice as fast as those around the globe. In Nelson, BC, we funded a, a project with Living Lakes Canada that is hoping to change that. They're actually creating a center of excellence, sorry, a center of water excellence for use, um, which focuses on young people between the ages of 12 and 29. Who are from underserved communities such as indigenous, female, LGBTQIA, two-spirit plus youth, um, racialized youth. And these are people who are 
much more less likely to see themselves in STEM careers, and they're disproportionately going to bear the brunt of the climate crisis. So what we're doing with this funding uh, with the Living Lakes uh, Canada is we're creating a, a water stewardship program so that young people can learn how to monitor the water uh, in these lakes using the latest technology and ultimately be able to create a safer future for themselves and a healthier planet for all of us. So I love these two examples I just gave you, helping youth today by interacting with their world and another grant, helping youth to interact with the environment to create a safer world for all of us. Um, so these are just a couple of examples of the innovative funding that we're doing through TELUS Friendly Future Foundation. We're talking with Shannon Spencer-Brown uh, over at TELUS uh, with the TELUS Friendly Future Foundation. She's one of the, uh, or is the executive director over there. Just love how they're using technology to help young Canadians and, and also hopefully combat uh, climate uh, change as well. And you guys have been very generous and uh, we're big supporters of what you guys do over there. And so we're going to wrap a contest around this uh, this month just to get uh, more awareness and hopefully getting more people uh, even donating uh, as well. Uh, the contest, you can get all the details at our website, getconnectedmedia.com. There will be some links there and basically you sign up and you can get extra entries for doing uh, some other fun things uh, as well. The prize, fantastic. Number one, Tell us uh, from the Future Foundation is giving up a, a $500 Canadian charity gift card. So if you're a winner of this contest, you'll be able to take that $500 and donate it to your favorite Canadian charity. Number two, I guess more selfishly for some folks out there, we're giving uh, away with uh, TELUS uh, Friendly Future Foundation a Samsung Galaxy S22 smartphone. This is the top of the line Google Android smartphone out in the market right now. It is a beautiful smartphone. The cameras on this thing are fantastic. And by entering, you get a chance to win that uh, as well. Again, at getconnectedmedia.com. Shannon, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on the program and I'm really excited to help support some of the uh, uh, the, the tech initiatives you're doing uh, with uh, youth and, and, and also helping uh, with the environment as well. Thank you so much. We're really uh, grateful to be to be part of Get Connected. We're really enthusiastic about your listeners participating in this contest. We want someone to win this amazing phone and give that donation to the charity of their choice. And we'd love for for more of uh, our get you know Get Connected followers to follow us in social media. So Friendly Future Foundation, tell us Friendly Future Foundation. We're on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, you look for us on YouTube, and and please share our content and learn more about the amazing charities that we have the privilege to support across Canada. Thanks for joining us again. Thank you. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. And uh, while you're on the break, don't uh, forget to hit the website, getconnectedmedia.com and, and enter this contest back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Don't forget to listen to our sister show tomorrow. It's on every Sunday across the Chorus Radio Network. And we've got a, an interesting program. The show's all about the world of apps and mobile technology. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the RCMP busting a driver's license forgery lab in Richmond, British Columbia. It's actually an interesting story. And uh, we will also be chatting about TikTok. TikTok has confirmed that its own employees can decide what goes viral. Is that good or bad? It's not, all, not all the algorithm. No, no. And finally... You know what? I was just talking about this to someone uh, this week, John. Appliance makers said that 50% of customers won't connect smart appliances. 
So just because your smid, uh, your fridge is a smart fridge doesn't mean that people are actually even connecting it. Yeah. I, b- I believe it, John. Yeah, me too. Because I, I even look at like some of the Dyson fans and things. I've got a few in my house. And I think I initially connected them, but now I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's cool. I, the one that I do make sure that it's connected is the one in the in the bedroom. Um, I've got like the fan humidifier. Um, I have that one connected because I like to use Alexa or Google to shut it off. Yeah. It's kind of handy because I'm lazy. I want to thank all the folks that helped put the program together, including John, uh, my co-host and producer, and Robin back at the ranch. We'll see you again next time.